Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Come on, side, side, side. Podcast time. What's happening, everybody? The set lovers come on, son. The podcast It's podcast time again. There's a whole lot of stuff going on, man. I don't know if y'all heard about that crane that caught fire in New York City and it crashed into a building. Everything is so dangerous nowadays, you can't even be just sitting in your apartment or in your shower, taking a shower. Say you got a shower, they got a big thing looking outside or to the back of the building, but you're up so high nobody can really see you taking a shower, right? Because ain't a building close enough to you. And then there's a crane, and a crane operator in there. And, you know, you might have two-way glass, so you can see out, but they can't see in. And then the thing catch on fire, it collapses and crashes right into your bathroom while you're in there naked. That would be a horrible, horrible thing, wouldn't it? Horrible, horrible, horrible thing. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. New York City, for real, I was born and raised in New York City, but New York City right now is struggling. And, and they ought to be ashamed of their damn self. For real, they ought to be ashamed of their self. How much it costs for New York, and now they add in uh, congestion pricing for certain parts of Manhattan. They'll read your plate and send you from, I think it's from, $11 or something like that, all the way up to $23 just to drive in a certain part of Manhattan in New York City. Now, for everybody that doesn't live in New York City, never been to New York City, you do realize that New York is not just that island of Manhattan or when you go down to Times Square or when you're down lower. That's not New York City by itself. New York has five boroughs. Every borough is a part of New York City. So what I'm feeling is what they're trying to do right now is they really trying to push everybody from Manhattan into the outer boroughs. Like, there's really no clubs to party at in New York City. But then again, I digress because young people don't party anymore anyway. At all. I was talking to a buddy of mine when I was in Panama. I recently got back from Panama on a workcation. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he was telling me that he asked his niece, who goes to college... Has she ever actually danced with a boy? And she says, no. And he says, so what do y'all do when y'all go to the parties? She said, we listen to the music, we dance amongst ourselves, and we take selfies of ourselves dancing. So they really don't, they, they don't dance. And the weirdest thing about it is they popping up with all of these hookah bars all over the place. And then the hookah club, it's just a bunch of people that sitting around with themselves. They know each other, and they smoking hookah, and they're looking at the other people around the room that's smoking hookah. And the problem is, I'm gonna tell y'all the problem. It's the low frequency music. That's the problem. The problem is the music is on such a low frequency. Think about it. It doesn't make you want to get up and dance at all. That's why when you hear a Megan Thee Stallion, body, yadi 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 yadi. 
That's why women get up and dance. When you hear city girls, that's why women get up and dance. The music that the dudes are making is low-frequency music. It doesn't make you want to get up and dance. And I'm not saying that new hip-hop artists have to be Jay-Z or Biggie or Nas or Mob Deep or anybody. Or or for that juvenile, we back that ass up and and Lil Wayne would go DJ and other songs. I'm not saying that y'all have to do that. But what I'm trying to tell you is the low frequency music that you're making is not going to last. That's why you have a little baby going out on tour. Well, I can't remember who else is on the tour with him, but they having problems selling out. And this is supposed to be one of the biggest hip hop artists ever. That's why that big energy record by Lotto rings off because it makes you want to dance. But think about where that record came from. That record's the Tom Tom Club, Genius of Love. The same record Andre Harrell, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde used for Genius of Rap. It's the same record. It's the same record that Mariah Carey used for Fantasy Remix. It's the same record that, that uh, um, P. Diddy and Mace used again. For don't push me because I'm close to the... It's the same... No, well, that was the message. But y'all get where I'm coming from. This record has been used over and over and over again. I was wrong on the last one. That was the message. But the record's been used so many times, that's why people keep getting a hit with the same music because it's a high-energy, high-frequency music. The days of that low-frequency music is going way out the window because... It's not lasting. And you could tell that it's not lasting at all. It's not. So my advice to any artists out there is to make high frequency music. That's what the women are doing. That's why Diddy came out with Agbad. Because it's a high frequency record. It makes you want to get up and move. It makes you feel something. Even his son, when he came out with his song, that was a high frequency record. That was an old record that they retooled. And he put some new style lyrics on it. But it's the same music. And it's high energy, high frequency music. So if anybody out there wants to last as a new artist coming in the game, you better come with some high frequency music. You better come like Bad Bunny and all of them cats is coming. You better come because nobody wants to hear that mess that you make it. Nobody wants to hear it anymore. None at all. Nobody. That's why Glorilla is winning. That's a high-energy, high-frequency high record. It really is. Let's go! She winning. The women are winning. Big up to the women that's out there winning. Making music. Big up to every last freaking one of y'all. It's not attached to no male. Not attached to no crew. You just winning on your own. Big up to y'all. All the time. I'm going to tell you which women ain't winning. That Carly chick. She needed to change her last name to Smollett. I told y'all that there's a strong possibility that she was lying. I told you that the police believed that she was lying. I told y'all that last podcast, last week. I told y'all. There's a strong possibility that this chick is pulling a Tawana Brawley. And I asked you to go into your computer and pick up... uh, Go into Google and Google the name Tawana Brawley, and you'll see it's pretty much the same damn thing. Matter of fact, just because y'all are listening to this podcast right now and I'm in front of my computer, I am going to. Tawana Brawley, I just 
Okay. Tawana Vincia Brawley as an African-American woman from New York who gained notoriety in November 1987 at age 15 when she accused. I'm going to tell you what she did. Okay. She accused four white men of kidnapping and raping her over a four-day period. On November 28, 1987, Brawley was found in a trash bag after having been missing for four days from her home in Wappingers Falls, New York. Not New York City, but that's upstate. Wappingers Falls. She had racial slurs written on her body and was covered in feces. Brawley accused four white men of having raped her. The charges received widespread national attention. A A K A Carly, in part because of the appalling condition in which she had been left, her young age, 15, and the professional status of the persons she accused of the crime, including police officers and a prosecuting attorney. Brawley's advisors, Al Sharpton, Alton Maddox, and C. Vernon Mason, also helped in bringing the case to national prominence. After hearing evidence, a grand jury concluded in October 1988 that Burley lied and had not been the victim of a forcible sexual assault and that she herself may have created the appearance of such an attack. Stephen Pagones, the New York prosecutor of whom Burley had accused of being one of the assaults, later successfully sued Burley and her three advisors for defamation. She received considerable support from the African-American community, some academics have suggested that Brawley was victimized by biased reporting that had credited racial stereotypes, the mannerisms in the media, blah, 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 blah. In other words, she lied. Public Enemy had this chick in the Fight the Power video. She lied. Jussie Smollett lied. This Carly chick, just another liar. Carly Russell, a liar. And I told y'all, that there's a strong possibility that she lied and she's going to look stupid. Now, here's the, the, the kicker to me. There was over $64,000 that was raised for, uh, what do you call that? Uh, uh, you know, not it wasn't a GoFundMe joint. Crime Stoppers. That's what it was called. Crime Stoppers. $64,000 of money that people ain't going to give back. They're not giving that back. They're keeping it. Over somebody that lied, that had the whole entire, the whole entire country worried about her. That she had been kidnapped. We know in America right now, we have a very serious sex trafficking and human trafficking problem. She lied. And now they're asking for our, you know, support and privacy while she goes through whatever mental things are going wrong with her. Nah. Nah. You know what would make me very, very happy? And I know this is not going to happen because we live in America and America uh, frowns on us um, disciplining our children in this day and age. What would make us all very happy, everybody that supported Carly Russell, as if her father took her out in front of the house, pulled his belt off, and beat her ass in front of everybody. And I know if he did it, he'd probably catch a charge and all this other shit. But I'm serious. Just do it on camera and make her apologize every time he whop her on her body with that belt. I would absolutely 
love to see it. I would. It would, it would satisfy everything. Or bring a charge against her. Because what we have to do is stop taking attention off of people that this really kind of happened to. Because the more false reports we get, the more we're going to be like, mm, I don't know if that's true. I'm not going to be reposting, looking for this chick, and she might have did a Tawana Brawley or Carly Russell on us. Right? So they need to bring criminal charges against her. A good year in jail, that would make me happy. But would it make me happier as if her father bust her ass? Even if it's her mother that did. I would love it. No cap. Because she capped us all, bro. Everybody need to go take their baseball hats and pull up in front of her house and throw our hats at her house. And she embarrassed her, her people. She embarrassed her boyfriend. She embarrassed her mother and father. She embarrassed her whole family. If I was a sister or brother that stood up for her right now, I'd be like, yeah, I can't. Like, that's a huge, huge Jesse Smollett type of lie. It really is. And that was way back in 1987, 88, when the Toronto Broly joint happened. A lot of y'all weren't alive then. But that's cool. Just look it up. It's the same exact thing warmed over. She ought to be ashamed of herself, man. And she need to get her, she need to get her ass beat. Now, let's switch subjects for a minute. I got a question to ask y'all. How do y'all feel about AI, artificial intelligence? And how do y'all feel about the music that's being created using artificial intelligence. I heard an artificial intelligence song, and on the song it said, this is artificial intelligence. This is, our, this is how they're going to start trying to get over with it. This is not the artist. This is artificial intelligence. Of a young Michael Jackson, like a 12 or 13-year-old Michael Jackson singing Rock With You. I want to rock with you all night. But they used the voice of the young Michael Jackson to sing the song over it. I don't want to hear uh, Tupac and Biggie on a 50 Cent record. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear these artificial intelligence records, y'all. I don't want to hear it. The same way they try to come up with that animated cartoon type of Rapper that was so stereotypical of black Southern rappers that we all shut it down. We can't let this thing build and then we just go, okay. Because that's what we always do. And then sometimes we don't realize the harm that we do until we've already done it. And my man Ray Daniels, who's a friend of mine who has a podcast also, one thing that he said that I really totally agree with is when he said the worst thing that ever happened to the culture of hip-hop and rap music is money. Because the person in the radio, not the radio, the record companies, but radio is involved in it too. The record companies get you to a point where if they're pouring money into you as an artist, they're going to tell you what you can say and what you can't say. That's what they got what they used to have, that's what they used to have A&R people for, to make sure that you made the kind of music that they wanted you to make. But see, back in the days, that music 
was just great melodic music. The record company had people that were music people, Clive Davison and, and people like that. The man who was who who took Aretha Franklin from New York and then took her down to to uh, flat shows and, and and did music with her. I can't remember his name. He's all in Aretha Franklin's story. But that white man made sure that Aretha had the right kind of music for her to express herself, to let her play piano, to let her arrange music. That's what they did. That's what the hitmen did. That's what that's what Diddy and them did. That's what you know, Master P did. He allowed his artists to do stuff that the artists wanted to do because they let they kept the record companies out of it because at that time, the record companies really didn't know what to do with hip-hop. So they were able to be as creative as they wanted to be with Faith Evans and 112 in total. And before that, Mary J. Blige and Tyrese and all they wanted to do was good music. Tommy Mottola would trust in these producers and these songwriters to get the right kind of songs for Mariah Carey, to get the right kind of music for Whitney Houston, to get the right kind of music for Barbara Streisand, based on what they know their they knew their potential was as artists. Now the record company will sign you, they give you a lot of money, but you all know how that goes. Whoever is giving you the money is telling you what to do. You know that. We know that. I fight with this every single day. When somebody's telling me what they feel is wrong and how I can do this thing better, when I know what I'm doing, I don't need your input. I feel like this would be better. So if we need to do this and we need to do that, and listen, I only got so many stories about artists, what they don't understand is I'm not that dude that was always up underneath an artist. If something happens with me and an artist, it's always happened organically. It's never been me chasing an artist down. My friends are my friends, and most of them are not artists. So it's always somebody trying to tell me what to do, even when I was in Chicago recently. I had a program director and a music director that were programming my music but didn't know anything about my music. They were not a part of this culture at all. It's always been that way. The people that got the money are always going to tell you what to do. If you sell, if you are a, um, a pediatric cardiology group and you're a nurse, and you've been working there for 10 years, or even if you're a doctor, and you've been doing it for 30 years. They may sell, the people that own that group may sell it to some people that's doing gastro because they see gastro's on the rise and there's not enough gastro and people coming in, there's not enough doctors. So they may change your whole joint. Oh, no, this is not cardiac practice no more. This is gastro. But we don't know gastro. Well, you either learn gastro or we'll bring in new people. Because the people that spend the money make the rules. Let's take a good look at Jalen Brown. He just got $344 million. No, 304, excuse me. $304 million for five years for playing with the Boston Celtics. He's been on the Boston Celtics for seven years now. They've made the playoffs every year since he showed up on the team. But they haven't won. So in my eyes, how do you justify giving him $304 million for five years, the largest contract in NBA history. He's going to make $60 million a year. 
But this is the way I look at it. If you can afford to give him $60 million a year, what does he earn for you? The things that they're not telling you. They're never going to let you know exactly what you earn for them. Right? So now they're going to tell Jalen Brown how he can play, who he's supposed to be playing with, what his position is going to be, because they're going to tell the coach, and the coach is going to tell him. And they're going to be like, I just paid you $304 million guaranteed over five years. You're going to play the way I want you to play. That's the way it is. And when it comes to this hip-hop game, we were about the culture. We were about being better than the next guy that was emceeing. We were about making the best records. If somebody made a great record, I want to make a better record. We were about to go down in history about what this was meant to be a great rap artist. Now it's about bread. It's all about bread. It's all about showing your stacks, all of this, and it's ruining the culture of hip-hop. And these artists don't see it because they're benefiting from it, and God bless you. God bless you. But the time limit on an artist is not what it used to be. It's not. Can y'all believe... I just said this the other day because I think tomorrow is Soldier Boy's birthday. I just said I cannot believe that we're still talking about Soldier Boy after all of these years. After Soldier Boy telling him, I got a new dance called the Soldier Boy. I'm talking about you, Crank That's all. I'm talking about you. The same kid that wore the white glasses that said Soldier Boy across the front. The same kid that gave us the corny ass yams, hats, and the sneakers. We're still talking about this dude right now. Because technology, and it's a new era. And I respect the hell out of that era. And I respect Soldier Boy. Respect him. Jumped up out of bed, turned my swag on. And I looked in the mirror and said, what's up? Yeah, I'm getting money. Ah, he ain't the best. But he knows how to manipulate it. He knows how to manipulate it. He knows how to stay in the news. He knows how to do things to keep him relevant. That's what it's about. And Soldier Boy did it where it wasn't no record company in his pocket. He made all the money himself. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we got more of Come On, Son, the podcast. Come on, son. We live and breathe real. Whether you're searching for the latest sneaker, that iconic handbag, a timeless watch, or your next piece of classic jewelry, eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. Yep. We're talking each inch, stitch, tick, facet, and clasp that makes the piece you're searching for worthy of your collection. eBay's authenticators are experts in their craft, true connoisseurs, and as leaders in their fields, they're making sure your items always arrive as authentic as your style. So go ahead, get that piece you've always wanted, and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of an eBay authenticator to make sure that watch moving is original. That glimmer is real gold. That rare sneaker is legit. Or that handbag is really made of genuine leather and never get faked over again. In a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Come on, son. Back with more. Give it a sign the podcast. I'm Ed Lover. Podcast time. Listen, I don't, I don't know. If y'all have been following what was going, what happened with Bronny James, the incident that happened with Bronny James is very serious. It's very, very serious. 
the young man suffered cardiac arrest. Now, do you remember when DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest? It's bringing attention to the heightened risk of cardiac arrest black men face when they play in sports. And it's really, really true. When Bronny James, the 18-year-old son of LeBron James, collapsed Monday from cardiac arrest while working out at the University of Southern California, the incident was reminiscent of a similarly shocking collapse by the Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. In January, then 24-year-old DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field from cardiac arrest during a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He spent days in intensive care and a scramble to save him shocked players on the field and fans was watching Monday Night Football. Hamlin and James's experience are part of a larger pattern. Black male athletes face a higher risk of cardiac arrest. A cardiologist said the medical community is still trying to uncover the reasons why. Sudden cardiac arrest is the leading cause of sports-related deaths among competitive athletes in the U.S. A 2020 study published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine found that black male NCAA Division I basketball players had the highest incident rates of sudden cardiac arrest and death among athletes 11 to 29 years old. That is crazy. I don't know if y'all remember a basketball player by the name of Reggie Lewis who played for the Boston Celtics who died on the court from sudden cardiac arrest. They say the possible factors that put black male athletes at higher risk may include a combination of lifestyle, genetics, and which sports they play. One particular genetic cardiac disease commonly seen in black men is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, a condition in which the heart muscle is thickened and can reduce the amount of blood pumped to the body. In the U.S., basketball is the riskiest sport that we know of for cardiac arrest, perhaps because of a player's high level of activity. That is ridiculous. So all we can do right now is pray for Bronny. Sometimes a dream is deferred. And you may ask God why he didn't give you what you asked for. But sometimes he gives you something more. Sometimes he gives you something more. My entire life, y'all, as a youngin', I wanted to play professional basketball. I tried out for my high school team. I got cut. I was very happy that they sucked. I made the last cut, but I still got cut. And I don't even think they won a game that year. But then I played on the block. I played everywhere I could play. And then I saw a guy by the name of Irvin Magic Johnson. And he's 6'8". And he handled the ball like he had it on a shoestring. I ran into a cat that lived a couple of blocks away from me by the name of Mark Jackson, who was younger than me, was nice and had court vision. I figured out I'm not going to play professional basketball pretty quickly in my life. Pretty damn quickly. Okay? Then... I was in a band, and all I wanted to do was get a record deal and be the next Parliament Funkadelic, Cameo, Barkays, all of them, all the funk groups that we, we used to love. Ran across in our travels bands called Area Codes, Sky, uh, Full Force. All these guys were on the circuit. 
while we were on the circuit. We was much younger than them, but we were on the circuit too. It didn't work out. Your TV raps came. It worked out. It's not what I thought I was going to be doing. And I say this, I say that to say this. Bronnie James may get cleared to play ball again. He may not. The doctors may tell him it's too risky. They might tell his, his mom, Savannah, and his father, LeBron, who's one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived, hands down. He's one of them. That he cannot play ball anymore. Not at that level. There's something else that God has planned for Bronny James. Basketball is not the end-all, be-all. We've seen too many athletes in high school, in college, in prep, and everything die of cardiac arrest. If you watch 60 Minutes, when DeMar Hamlin dropped, 60 Minutes did a whole, whole piece about the need for defibrillators closer to the field and listen to the lady whose son died on a basketball court. It's not the end-all, be-all. Sometimes there is undetectable heart disease there that the doctors don't see. Now, DeMar Hamlin has been cleared to play basketball again. Bronny James is recovering because of a love that we have for the way that LeBron James has carried himself his entire career for the love that he's shown for his wife and his children for being a stand-up dude, for not having any type of real drama, especially concerning his family, surround him at all. In the 20-plus years we've been talking about this man, we love and respect him and his family. And we all wanted to see Bronny play a year in the NBA with his dad. But that might not happen. Jordan got two sons that didn't even make the league. Patrick Ewan had a son, Patrick Ewan Jr., that was on the Knicks for maybe a season. It just it, it don't happen all the time. So what we really want and pray for is that Bronny gets better. And if basketball is in his future, God bless him. And if it's not, God bless him too. Because you don't have nothing to prove. And also, you're financially set. So you really don't have to play basketball. And I know it's tough on Bronny because that's his dream. But I just saw a, 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 um, a segment on TV last night about a dude that was 20 years old. He made a professional hockey team and then he got hit. And he got paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of his life. Sometimes the dream is deferred and sometimes God has a bigger plan for you. And I know at his age, he don't want to hear it. I know at his age, he was like, yo, I want to be one of them Curry's. You know, Del Curry was nice. I want to be Gary Payton Jr., but better. My dad was a star. I want to be a star in the league, too. I get it. And then you got another brother that's playing basketball too. And my suggestion is right now, check him out thoroughly. You know, I don't want to hear people make false accusations 
Don't give me no false narrative. Don't give me no he must have been on. Because my people, we got to stop doing that. I must, he must have been on. He must have been on some kind of steroid or some kind of drug. You don't know that. You don't know that. We always say, how come we know something happened before we know really what happened? You ever watch the commercials and the guy says at 45 years old, I never thought. I knew that smoking could, could give you cancer, but I never thought they'd give me a heart attack and I can't go out and play with my kids at 45 years old. You know somewhere there's a black person that's sitting right there, watch that commercial, go, that's good, right? That's because he probably smoked like 10 packs a day. See, I only smoke five packs a day, so that can't happen to me. You understand? Everybody know that if you smoke 10 or more packs a day, that that kind of stuff could happen to you. But me, only smoke five packs. See, that's probably what happened. We always like to give them the probably what happened. So let's not probably what happened with Bronny James. Let's not probably what happened with DeMar Hamlin. They still don't know why dude had a heart attack. He died. They brought him back. He flatlined on Monday Night Football, and just because there was that defibrillator was right there, that's what saved him. That defibrillator saved Bronny James's life. It did. They'll tell you they had to. They had to hit him with the defibrillator. It saved him from dying at USC on the basketball court. Now, the cool thing about, about LeBron and Savannah, besides the way they carry themselves, is the fact that LeBron is not living his life vicariously through his kids. He ain't one of them. He, he's not one of them. My son played peewee football. Then he played football in high school. They lost the state championship in their division on a play because another one of the outside linebackers blew their assignment. My son was really good in football. But when he said, Dad, I don't want to play football no more, I didn't fall. I said, hey, you got to. Oh, we can make the league. No, you can't, you can't live your life vicariously through your kids. You can't. When the Jordan boys decided that was it for them in basketball, Mike didn't he didn't go crazy. And if Bronny can't play ball ever again, LeBron ain't going to go crazy. It doesn't happen for any for any and everybody. Even if you make it to that level, look at a cat like Lenny Cook. Google Lenny Cook. He was touted as being better than Carmelo, better than LeBron, but he ran around. He wasn't 100% into it, running around from people who ever gave him some money, and he'll tell you his story. Sometimes your dream is deferred by God and it's for a reason. In this case, it may or may not be. A medical reason. It may or may not be. It's too early to tell. But we wish him the best. And what I'm trying to say to all of you parents out there like me, don't force your kids. If it's something that they want to do, cool. If they change their mind, cool, because that's something that we all did. Right? We all changed our mind. We all that. Ah, I'm doing this. Nah, I ain't doing that no more. You know how we were. That's word. That's how it is, man. So Rolling Loud happened. And young Miami's son, 10-year-old son, was with her. And he was making it rain while women was twerking and strippers was twerking in his face at Rolling Loud. And JT defended her because she got some backlash over allowing her 10-year-old son to do that. And I can understand that. 
And JT said, well, my boyfriend, Lil Uzi Vert, had it all locked off so he can't, he couldn't touch. I don't think that you can take your 10-year-old to a strip club and if somebody call the police, there will be charges filed against you. So I think people saying something about it on social media was kind of correct. There are certain things that are for kids. There are certain things that are not. By penalty of law, you can't let your kids watch porno. You can't. That was porno without the penetration. So the backlash and the, the clapping back that the city girls are doing, you're wrong. You're wrong. Just leave it. Leave it alone. I worked with uh, Jess Hilarious when we did the Hulu stage this year at uh, Essence Festival of Culture, and she's embroiled in some controversy to her and my friend who appeared on my on my podcast before, T.S. Madison, were going back and forth. Here's my advice to Jess Hilarious. And then uh, Laverne Cox jumped into it. You're not going to win this argument. You're not going to win. Just leave it alone. You're not going to win this argument. You're not. You're not. You're not. Because it started as somebody saying cis women, meaning women who are not transgender. I don't know why they got to be called cis. I don't get that. I don't want to be called a cis man. I'm just a man. Okay. There's transgender men. There's men, there's transgender women, there's women, right? Why we got to put a cis all like, well, regardless, that cis women don't own menstruation, right? And then that went to just hilarious saying, y'all are not real women, blah, 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 blah. We're living in a day and time where if somebody wants to be considered a woman, a woman, sorry, let them be, let them be. It doesn't make sense getting into these arguments because then people bring up you homophobic. You, 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 it's just like anything that's not super popular right now, you're not allowed to have an opinion on. So it's best to keep your opinions to yourself. Sometimes I want to say something about a lot of stuff. I just don't. There's a lot of things that I don't agree with, it doesn't necessarily mean, and this is for my trans community and, and my homosexual community, because somebody has a difference of opinion than you do, it doesn't mean that they don't like you and that they hate you and that they wish you harm. You gotta, you have to understand that. I was in my doctor's office, my dentist's office today, and I was filling out my paperwork and I heard him talking to another, and I could tell a guy was white by the sound of his voice, and they were talking about racism and that they don't believe that America is a racist society. All right, this is my dentist. I heard him say it. And part of me wanted to say, hey, there's a black man in the waiting room. But you know what? I decided to say nothing. They were talking about some company that some company came out and said, that America was a racist society, and then the company started losing money, and they've lost all this money. But you see, everything is based on money. These are two older white men talking. For them, everything is based on money. Even the fact that they are denying 
that America is a racist country was based on, oh, my God, they're losing so much money. Not based on whether or not they're right or wrong, but their point was that this company is losing money because this is what they said. Just hilarious. You have said it yourself that you've been mistaken for transgender. I worked right alongside of you. I know that you're not transgender. Okay. If people want to make that mistake, fine. You said some artist got into your DM because he thought you was transgender or whatever. This is the society that we live in. You can't have an opinion on race. You can't have an opinion on sexuality. You can't have an opinion on religion. You can't have an opinion on trans children. You can't have an opinion on whether or not they have the right to use the same bathroom as you use. You can't have any opinion on anything remotely related to politics or sexuality or religion without somebody saying you're anti-something. So instead of being called and, and marked and labeled anti-something, don't say nothing. Not publicly. Amongst your friends and family, you can discuss it, but don't say And please be careful when you do that because they might secretly record you. This is the crazy mixed up world that we live in. That we can't profess our opinions without being called anti. The only way you can be anti something, in my opinion, is if you have the power of holding that person back. You don't have to agree with my sexuality. You don't have to agree with transgender people's sexuality. You don't have to agree with what they call themselves. You don't. And transgender people, remember that. Remember that for you start throwing us cis people under the bus. That if you can't take it, you shouldn't be giving it out. You don't have the right just to say anything you want to say about us and we can't say anything back about you. But I choose love and kindness and I choose not to be marked to be something that I'm not. So Jess, you my girl, I sent you a text and now I'm saying it publicly. Don't respond. Don't respond. Just leave it alone. Let the sleeping dogs lay down and they'll go away. You'll see, because tomorrow there'll be somebody else lying about something, straight capping, and hopefully it ain't another Carly Russell or your man Elon Musk who wants us to say, I sent an X instead of sending a tweet. Oh, I just sent out an X. I'm not saying that, son. It's a tweet. It's Twitter. It's a tweet. Oh, I sent out an X. So what you want to call Malcolm X now? Malcolm tweet? Come on, son. I met Lover. I approved this message. This is Kibbutz, son. I'll talk to y'all next week. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Peace. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Come on, son, son.